0: listening to the lone star play podcast with your host patrick scott armstrong have you ever wondered if the leather you buy is really leather today we talked to tanner leatherstein he is a local texan from dallas here and he has a leather shop he's also a famous TikTok star who breaks apart famous leather items handbags wallets things like that and Tells you if it's really leather, you know, stitching, that sort of thing, what to look out for, fake leather, all kinds of stuff. It's amazing. We did a deep dive on leather and it's absolutely great. We actually took a look at this particular bag here. If you're listening, um, you know, you you can't see it, but it's like a a handbag, like a satchel, you know, you throw over your shoulder uh, that I got in uh, when I was living in Spain and Granada. Uh, So we took a look at that and another bag that I had um, and see if it's real leather, right? Talked about it you know, the smell, the feel, the texture, uh, it was quite fascinating. And there's like this whole underground leather scene, you know, artisanal boutique to, you know, factory, right? Big name brand, that sort of thing. And what are you paying for when you buy these quote unquote leather bags and what types of different leathers are there? So, and we bust some of the myths about leather, leather making, crafting, that sort of thing. I mean, there's a whole industry and in, in sub industry to all this. It's quite fascinating. This is a great interview. And again, please check out Tanner's um, TikTok. Okay. We'll have it's just Tanner sting. We'll have uh, links to all of it down below and he'll go over that. So let's just jump into this interview, y'all. What do you think? Okay. And as always, don't forget, uh, low star plate is sponsored by texas real food make sure to go to texasrealfood.com enter in your zip code and you'll find all the coolest places that serve like organic artisanal food in your area and please check out our social media uh, guys please check out our tiktok our tiktok is blowing up right now okay we're averaging i don't know 300 to 400 000 views uh, a week basically all we do is ask What do you think? We throw out a topic, show a quick little clip of other podcast, right? That we like. And what do you think? And people just go crazy in the comments, right? So just, you know, different hot topics and subjects that are going on right now. So check it out. So Tanner Leatherstein, let's jump in. Enjoy. All right. Well, welcome to the podcast, Lone Star Plate. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. We have Tanner Leatherstein. Uh, Am I saying that right or Leatherstein?
1: Yeah. Leatherstein, that's how I say it. But it's the personal brand so it both works (laughs) (laughs) i like it is that your real name
0: no it's not i thought that would be too perfect that would be too perfect yeah that would be too
1: perfect that would be the name (laughs) if you know if we get to choose our names and know what we're gonna do in this world when we came so
0: yeah yeah that's true that's true well that's how like people got their names before like blacksmith right like those sort of things right uh based on indeed on what on what you did so yeah that's cool Uh, That's awesome, man. So uh, was there a particular, how did you come up with this name? And were there other names you had potentially, you you know, you liked as well, but you never used?
1: No, no. Uh, So I came up with this because I was tinkering on leather at all times in my life. Um, I was born into this. My family had a tannery. And that was my play. That was my game time uh, growing up. So I got involved very early on, 10, 11 years old, just uh, playing with leather in the tannery. And my entire life became that. It became a life passion, life mission. And, you know, the more and more I get into business and entrepreneurial side of things and branding, I was sitting in my MBA classroom one day and tinkering about branding. And this Leatherstein came up as a brand. And I was like, that would be a cool last name. And then Tanner is a name that works here, you know, goes along (laughs) with it. That would be a personal brand.
0: Yep. I love it. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Cause you tan leather. It's perfect. It's a, yeah, it's like a superhero name or, or like a, a band, if it was just Leatherstein or Stein or whatever, you know, it'd be like a band, like a heavy metal German band, right? Just like Leatherstein. Yeah. Da, 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 right. Like, exactly. I love it. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I love it. All right. So let's talk a little bit about what you do. Like what, this is how you came on our radar. Okay. Um, gosh, I, I, I it was an article or something, um about your TikToks and like ripping apart bags and seeing what's in them and seeing if like what they market the bag at or whatever the product the leather ass is really what it was and it was so interesting and our team was like hey he's from texas let's let's you know let's get him on let's see what's going on so yeah man let's talk a little bit about because you have a business right but you started like doing these
1: TikToks or let's let, take us through like this journey here uh, how that came about so yeah it- It was not planned it was not expected i was having fun on tiktok so yes i do have my own brand i started pegai my logo and thing here which is my leather crafts brand and that's like five six years old right now it's an online um, leather goods um, company it's growing fine and it's still small and where i just go around the world find the letters i connect to and then turn them into crafts and then sell them on my website and etsy and amazon so about two three months ago i came to a point like i was really done with uh, advertising the google ads the facebook ads i didn't get good return and and you know response from what i was putting into it money and effort wise i'm like okay I'm just gonna drop all this advertising stuff. I'm just gonna go on TikTok and have fun. I'm gonna tell people to the world what I have been telling to my friends all my life. Like I've been talking their ear off about leather and how overpriced it is, how it's not worth it if you're not in the status game and all that stuff. I'm like, I'm gonna tell this to to the TikTok videos, and I started, you know, having my phone around with me and then just doing this stuff and. A video got viral. I got over a million views. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And I wasn't expecting it at the time. I had a thousand followers. I'm like, okay, this is weird stuff. Let me try to take apart a bag that we just found here. We were not happy with the Brooks Brothers bag. And that got even better response. And people are like, oh, this is very cool or interesting. You know, tell me more. Can you do this brand? Can you do that brand? And then we keep doing more and more. And it became more fun for me. (laughs) And I learned a lot doing this. It's, you know, it's there's a different satisfaction, you know, taking things apart and learning what it's made out of and giving people the perspective on leather because everybody has this notion of leather is an expensive material, luxury material. And you see all these high-end luxury brands showing you thousands of dollars on the price tags. The automatic thought is there oh, it must be great leather. That's why it costs so much. It's never the case. It cannot be the case. When we're talking about these regular leathers, the cows and sheeps and goats, um, we're not talking those, you know, alligators and snakes and exotics. They're only to a certain extent and they're not that expensive. They're not cheap, but they're not expensive. So whenever you see a label like that, it's because of the status and the, the brand lifestyle they're buying into. Uh, that's what you're paying for. But some people are confused some of them are totally aware of it but some of them are confused and it seemed like um what i've been doing with different brands resonated with those people and it helped them understand it a little bit better and you know just it it's working for everybody and i'm going to keep doing it (laughs) absolutely
0: yeah no man i I checked out the tiktoks for sure it's such a great um you know format to throw them out because it's so interesting Honestly, just to format the idea of here's something, I'm going to, you know, break it down, what, what's in it, and you you take it from there, right? Like, that's just such a great thing, exactly. and I like the idea of people potentially sending you in things. I think I saw a tic-tac where someone sent you something or something. That's cool. That's really cool. Hey, man, I bought something. Almost if you could, like, even you know, become like, I verify your leather for you. Like, is this, re- you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, like they do the diamonds and jewelry and that sort of thing and wa- anything really, right. They have people uh, that verify antiques or right. They're experts on stuff. They give value to to things like punch, sh- you know, pond star, that sort of thing. Uh, I love this leather because exactly. I've, I've never heard of that. Uh, somebody who, you know what I mean? Who could help you with the leather. So <laughs> that honestly, it's so, it's such a cool, um, it's such a cool thing you know before we go any further i, I really just want to define leather real quick for people because i don't even think when people hear leather i don't even sh- i think you've just heard it your whole life and you may not even know what leather is like what technically right, like there's is leather
1: super lack of information in the space and that's why all this confusion you know and overpricing sure. can- Can be overpricing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They count. They count on your lack of knowledge in in the area to overprice you, right? Because you don't know exactly. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. They take advantage of that. Yeah.
1: So let's just define leather. Like, what is leather exactly? So leather, in 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 a sense, it it needs to come from an animal and a living being, right? The true leather is coming from an animal, and ninety eight percent of all leathers we use today is coming from main four animals that are uh, a source of meat for humanity. Uh, cow being the biggest percentage, probably close to 85, 90. And then the lambs, the goats, and the pigs. So these four okay. being the main meat source, the leather, the hide is, is a byproduct of this meat harvesting process. And it's a garbage at that point. You know, If you don't touch it, if tanneries don't take it, or you don't salt it, you don't dry it, it putrefies itself in two three days. It's unusable. It's it's an infectious uh, disease source at that point if not managed well. And uh, oh wow, at that point tanneries. Okay. exactly. Like you know, if what happens if you leave the meat outside three days? Yeah, it, you know, it becomes, I mean, it makes the bacteria sense. Bacteria warms. Totally, the totally same makes thing. sense. It's flesh at the end of the day. Yeah. So the tanneries take that hide and then clean it. Tan it, the tanning is basically permanent preservation of that um, meat going forward, so it, it doesn't produce the bacteria and petrification process anymore, we stop it, so it's a stable material, it becomes a fabric that we can use and turn into things at that point, so that's what leather is. Um, And the other 2% is the exotics, again, coming from animals, but not for meat animals like uh, snakes and alligators and and other stuff.
0: Sure, absolutely. Yeah, my my cousins used to have like snake boots and alligator boots and all that sort of stuff growing up. Um, Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's, um, no, that's interesting. I didn't know that. See, I didn't even know all that stuff about leather.
1: Honestly, I didn't know that stuff sure. about the, the yeah, that's, that's so interesting. It's um, one of the earliest forms of upcycled economy, I think it is, because it's a garbage that we take and I give it a second life through this tanning process.
0: That's a good point. You, you're talking about just our ancestors using it, right, in a way, a byproduct from the animal in a post way, like, like using it in their daily life as opposed to just consuming what came and discarding the rest. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, honestly, yep. that helped us evolve and helped us stay warm and helped us uh, survive Indeed. Uh, the harsh right environments um, around the world. So absolutely, in a way, leather saved humanity in a lot of ways, um, right? That's kind of crazy yeah. to think about. Um, yeah, there's that crazy scene in uh, The Revenant, the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, where he gets inside the horse and uses like... Yep. Basically, the leather, right? The carcass—is that yeah. real? I mean, I'm I, well, not a wildlife expert, but like, does that seem like you could? Is
1: leather that warming?
0: I guess it must be. Oh, right? Yeah, We're talking about definitely, it. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's it's fat and and meat structure. So it it there is a certain level of insulation capacity on leather. That's why you know the living beings develop that um, the surface, which is the skin, to preserve the heat and protect and organize the things inside the body, put them in a shape. Otherwise, you know, you will just fall apart, right? The, sure. Your skin is keeping things together and putting a nice outlook. Otherwise you will look like a skeleton. Yeah. And, and it, to a certain extent, it's just protecting towards the other side impact while insulating your heat inside. Sure.
0: You know, it is kind of interesting that leather has become, like you said, this "Quote unquote high end product," considering its origins of where it comes from, right? Leather comes from just from an everyday person killing an animal, and I got a leather or whatever, right? So that is interesting, right now that it's considered this high end product, where even according to your TikToks, which is also interesting, you break down the price to like value and then what they send. That's so fascinating, right? Like, let's dig into that a little bit more um, as far as that goes. One, why? why are brands doing that is it because of what we talked about earlier they count on a customer's lack of knowledge so they can overprice do do, is it because they count on just leather in the social status being a high end good right they don't even need it to be they just well people think it is so we can sell it at that price um or is leather just that good a thing that you know it's i don't know or could it be made readily
1: available and cheaper for people i mean i don't know Where, where do we at with that So most of those things you said play uh, in in this entire thing. You know, it's not only one reason behind this, but all of them coming together, creating this ecosystem that can make it work. And my only point is to clarify a portion of it so you can decide how much to pay if you are only in it for the leather piece of it. Because there is absolutely the status and the lifestyle piece that comes with the brands and it's worth some money you know it's a need in the in the a society good too a lot of people yeah a lot of people want it a lot of people need yeah. it that's why those brands become the brands they are today they provide that service but the clarification point needs to be made and at least in my opinion here is they are in the business of selling you the status not the leather the the price is not about the leather it's about the status but some of our are confused because Historically, leather has been the status symbol, you know, even back in, you know, 500 years ago, where there was no modern tanneries, the tanning was a very difficult and slow craft. You know, you just have to make everything by hand, put hides in the barrels and keep them there for two months until they they tend themselves and all that stuff. So it was a slow process. Very few people knew how to do it good and very little leather can be done in, You know, in service to people. So, which made it expensive. And the people who had status, you know, these warriors and the the, the lords and people start dressing with leather using leather crafts, then that they become a status symbol, which is a historical natural evolution of leather. But today, like in the past hundred years, we have modern tanneries. We fastened that process, we perfected our chemical process for it. We know how to make leather super quick, super efficient, super good quality consistently in really big numbers because we consume a lot of meat. There's a lot of hides available and these tanneries can really turn it into fabrics very quickly. So it's not that rare anymore. You can just go out in the market. You can find any leathers you want. Again, we're talking the cowhides, the most common things we use starting from $2 a square foot, going up to maybe $12 to $15 square foot in the maximum level. On average, you're not gonna spend more than $5 a foot. And even if you're talking about a wallet, it only uses two square foot of leather, needs $10 of leather. If we're talking about a bag, handbag, the biggest one can consume about eight, 10 square foot of leather. Now you're talking about 50, 60, $70 worth of leather. And it cannot be more expensive than that at this point in today's age so i want to give this perspective to people it's definitely a status symbol it was all the time but now it's not that expensive leather is not cheap but it's not that expensive that some people may think because of seeing those high prices that high prices is always about the brand and the status you're buying and again i respect those brands i respect that need as well but it is not about leather
0: yeah no that's a great distinction and also just the design of 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 the product right like that also comes into play you shape it in such a way that right any product is made from certain materials right so that's actually a great point we don't base the price off the material of the thing to not to the whole extent you know it is the the design and the status and the brand and you're you're right that's that's a great point for sure um yeah no that that's definitely a good point um, I, I was going to ask you, like, what you you said you repurpose leather and turn it into stuff, right? At your company, what does that mean exactly? Like, you take what does that mean exactly?
1: No, we don't repurpose. Basically, like the the raw hides. Uh, what I mean is, leather industry is kind of repurposing that you know otherwise would be garbage raw hide turns into fabric and then it turns into shoe and wallet and stuff like that. Uh, what I do with Pigai now is, um, previously my my earlier ages in the tannery, I took the raw hides and making them into leather, and then we were selling it to crafters. But now with Pigai in the past five six years, I buy the leathers. I go around the world. I find the leathers that I really love. You know, super specialty articles tanneries, um, they make very unique stuff um, outside of these mass market standardized leathers i don't connect to those i just like the natural feel of the leather and i turn them into wallets and bags and belts in my workshop in in turkey Uh, so and then sell them on online here on my on my website so my point is to provide my take on how leather should be how we can experience leather at its most natural and best form and then make it affordable, make it accessible so more people can enjoy this. You know, this is not a mysterious material anymore. You can really find this in plenty quantities and make it in an efficient way. I have an online business model. We make everything in-house and then I directly sell it to the customer. So that's why I don't need to um, pay the rents to those stores. I don't need um, extra steps that other brands and older business models have. So I have a better advantage of offering this at a more affordable price point so more people can enjoy the leather the way I like it in its natural artisan form.
0: Oh man, that's so cool. Wow, what a great little gig. God, there's this whole like thing to to leather, right? Like um, that's so interesting. God, I have like, all of a sudden what you just said made me have like 20 other questions to be honest with you. But I just, I can't, you know oh my goodness um well because i'm just thinking of like high-end leather like what's the most i guess like it's kind of like a an art of some sense so i guess you're saying there's leather that comes from a certain tannery from a certain place and maybe it's been aged and held and it's like is there stuff like that is there that kind of leather
1: oh absolutely so leather is a huge wide deep world you know uh you uh, every tannery specializes in a certain type of source hide, you know, some people are just specialized in the cow hide tanning, some people are lamb experts, goats, yeah. some of them um, doing horse leather, some of them doing deer skins, uh, kangaroos, so there are very specific articles and each leather requires different recipes, different tanning, different crafting in the tannery side of things before they can turn into fabrics, so and depending on what you're gonna do with them, like you're gonna make a shoe, then the tanning is different. It's a different recipe, different cooking. Uh, ah. If you're gonna make a jacket, it's a different cooking, you know, because okay. uh, you need a thinner one, softer one, if you're gonna make a jacket. But if you're gonna make a shoe, you're gonna need a thicker one, um, you know, less stretchy one, more durable and stable. So it highly depends on what you're trying to do, and there is a, a bunch of depth in the finishing of leather as well how it's going to look do you want a rustic look do you want a look that's more colorful do you want a shiny look is it going to be exposed to water and elements do you want it to get dirty do you want it to stay clean right all these are things that goes into the the mix of those things and where i make my distinction here is like the bigger mass brands they kind of opt in for standardization uh, okay so leather is, is 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 a non-standard material like everybody has a different skin every animal has a different skin like it it has life marks the bush scratches the the bite marks from the bugs and then the skin diseases the animal had the climate the rain everything makes an impact on the rawhide and it reflects on the grain so wow to that's to, so cool. to make it readily available, yeah, to make it readily available to everybody, you need a process to, you know, kind of sure. get rid of all these imperfections. Get, get and, rid of
0: the characteristics of it, basically. Right. Of it. Yeah, then, that's interesting.
1: Make a print on top of it that looks very standard so you can make a million of the same looking product. I The see. base is leather, but there is a thick finish on top that I, it cuts my connection to the leather. I don't see that sure. character anymore. I don't like it, but the big brands have to do it that way for standardization purposes. Okay. The way I like it is you you take the hide, you minimally finish it to see those imperfections, grains, each piece is unique, but then you can't opt in for the wide pool of leathers available to you because not every leather is clean enough to do that. You've got to opt in for that top 5% of the cleanest hide you can find so you can finish this. Uh, pieces originally beautiful themselves you just accentuate that natural beauty and then turn it into a craft it's it's a different ball game but i can't make millions of it because there is not enough leather available in that sense it's harder and you know that's what i'm trying to do with my brand and a lot of small craftsmen are doing the work i do like this because they connect to that leather they want to work with that leather they don't enjoy the standardized pieces that brands use what a
0: great explanation like thank you for saying like that i didn't know that it's like boutique stuff it's like food right it's like there's mass-produced food that loses it's right i'm a chef i come from the food world so like i get i totally understand what you're saying like i I didn't know that about that like that's so cool it makes sense though once you're saying it like okay i get it like it's it's it, it makes sense what you're saying i love the idea that there's these boutique leather shops that are doing it like their way. And it, like, that's so cool to me. Um, and, getting pieces from, yeah, and getting pieces from there, right? Like it's like getting it from an artist who's taken the time with that, right? To keep the care, man, that's so cool. Like I, I just didn't, you know, something I wanna mention before I forget because I've wanted to bring it up for the last 15 minutes. I, I just think like, okay, I'm from the food world, right? Veganism gets brought up a lot, and this argument of why you weren't an animal skin but really you just really explained it at the beginning without even trying to they okay these you know tanning they're not going out and killing animals and taking just the skin here they're taking stuff that's going to go bad anyway and doing something with it which is actually in my mind honoring the animal more than just letting that go to waste i mean not intentionally trying to honor that you see what i'm saying like that animal was gonna die for our food. So, why let that go, even become a potential uh, health hazard, uh, which I didn't know, right? Like, that makes total sense, exactly. right? Exactly. So, that's a great exactly. point. Um, and I really wanna bring that up because people that are working with tanning and leather and stuff, did not, well, I mean, like, this idea that they're murderers, and I, I just, where does this, this is crazy to me. So, I really wanna just, you know, nip that in the bud. And any vegans who are listening to this, if, if there's a different side, to that that you see or a or hole in that argument, please let us know because I'd be curious in the comments what you would say about that, right? To that point, I get you as a vegan, you don't want people to eat meat, right? I'm talking to vegans right now. As a vegan, you don't want to eat meat. Okay, I get that. But this idea that you would then, you know, rain fire down on people who are working with leather, if you, re- if you had knowledge of how, where it comes from, right? It, it's a totally different um, animal, no pun intended. Um, so yeah I, I hope that's okay for me to make that point I, I think it, um, absolutely. it's kind of necessary um, to, to no be with I you. think
1: it is necessary and you know like it's a life choice we, we respect however, however you want to live your life sure the weekend, great point great whatever point. way you go like absolutely uh, we don't want them to eat meat and you know it that's what make you comfortable that's why you the way you go but here's its leather being an upcycled material and the 95% of 98% of the leathers we use because it's a byproduct of the meat production. There are this 2, 3% of exotics and other skins, the, the, the snakes, you know, the snakes are not killed for their meat. But in that space, it might get a little iffy because now, because snake skin is valuable, some people may be hunting the sca- snake because of sure. the skin
0: sure that's a valid argument you're right that
1: that part of it
0: could be you know yeah you're right
1: and and this is regulated very heavily in the leather industry Uh, there is an organization called c-i-t-e-s they are organizing the trade of exotic species skins the the global trade of it you cannot move one skin without a site certification from one country to another oh wow it's tied to a, a, a certification that um, makes it legally harvested and there are different reasons people harvest uh, animals like snakes are invasive species in, in Indonesia maybe and there are the, the government has programs to you know kill certain number of snakes every year so it doesn't become dangerous for the population and all that stuff so but there are illegal forms of it too for sure. uh, some fools the foxes and chinchillas that's where it gets a little bit you know, iffy in the ethical side and the main leather industry has doesn't have much to do with this very specialized niche side of the leathers is fours and exotics then you might be really careful of how it's being harvested and responsible companies always put forward those documentation and you know the responsible practices they they follow to get those scans
0: no it's like this crazy it's like there's like a it's like blood diamonds in the black market right like what's the craziest sort of leather thing you've ever heard of like animal or something you know what i mean like what's the craziest thing you've ever heard of uh like cruelty wise or... no just like uh you know i a weird animal that was made into something right like what's the craziest animal or exotic animal or i don't know that you know people might well, find interesting. craziest
1: enough. one I, I i i heard dog skin i've never seen or really or a dog skin and i was like like how? Why? Like right? The dogs are like you know pets, and and nobody yeah, eats I got, them. I like got two right is, here. I know it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Trust me, their ears went
0: up. They were like dog skin. Oh, Wait, was what? Like, what?
1: No, no, no.
0: That's not, not me. good. Don't use
1: yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was in. Uh, I lived in China for about like six, like little, little almost a year around two thousand seven, and I've seen some local markets uh, where they eat interesting animals like and dogs was part of it so that's why i'm like maybe that's where the you know the meat is coming from and then somebody does something with the skin i heard it's insanely strong like um the the, the tear resistant is one of the top notch in the in the leather world i've never seen one uh, but i kind of made the connection when i saw like dog meat being eaten in china at some local markets I'm like, but that was the craziest story. I still, to date, I'm, you know, having difficulty (laughs) believing.
0: I'll be honest. I was not expecting that answer. And I know people listening or that are going to watch this are not going to expect that either. That doesn't sound good. Yeah, well, no, I just mean, like, I was expecting, like, I don't know, some, like, I don't know, you know, some, like, weird African animal, you know, from out in the, you know, rare and, and, but that's actually kind of, Interesting, to be honest with you. There's a more interesting yeah. answer, uh, when you don't expect it, in my opinion. Um yeah, wow, that's that's nuts. Um what about like for sale out on the market? Like have you seen some like what's the most expensive leather piece or do you know stuff like that? I don't know. Is that knowledge yeah. available? So or it-
1: well it is it is available but you kind of like you need to go into a search for it and i was uh, last month i i went to italy for the leather fair the biggest leather event happens in milan twice a year it's called linea Pelle, and all the big leather guys are there all the the fashion brand artisans you know come together and just catch up and i was actually one of my questions going there was like what is the most expensive leather i can get to make something so I, I found this exotic um, uh, exhibitor and there was a certain species of an alligator family. So I can't pronounce the name. I forgot like uh, it starts with P, but I have to go back to it and check it. So he showed me a skin about like three square foot, it's pretty small alligator. And it says this is the most valuable of the alligator family and pretty much the most valuable of the leathers you can find so far. Uh, about a thousand euro for, for three square foot of wow. animal skin like that. So, yeah, that's, that is as, as expensive as I have heard so far. And if you make a wallet out of it, you know, just the leather cost of it is going to be somewhere around a thousand dollars. And, you know, crafting that thing and then sure. the markups and all that, probably that that should market about three, four or five grand minimum out of artisan's hand. Yeah. And if, if these big brands take it and make something with it, it's gonna go into twenties, thirties, sometimes with hermes, you know, they use those kind of leathers and the, the bags go over a hundred thousand dollars.
0: That's correct. that's just like that's nuts. That's like so nuts. Um wow, that's so crazy. I you know, that I, I understand. A thousand for the piece, that's actually less than I thought. I thought you were going to say way more, you know, $100,000 for this, you know, little piece of leather, you know, it's rare, whatever, you know, do people hold on to leather like, oh, you know, this is from the 1800s and you can make a bag from it. Is that possible? To to, I
1: I haven't heard or seen that practice almost like holding aging or, or collecting leather as its fabric form. I haven't, but. I've seen pretty old pieces of leather that aged into beautiful uh sure. colors shapes and patina so one thing like a, a certain and popular way of in the market these days at least vegetable tanning is is sounds good and it's a certain um craftsmanship to it at its best it's made in Italy in Tuscany region there's this like All tanneries, they have good recipes. I work with some of them. Vegetable tan leather feels different, looks different than the more, uh, most readily available common leather, chrome tan leather. And that has this characteristic of getting darker and shinier with the exposure of light and oxygen. So once you make a bag Uh... out of this leather today and you let it, be or use it 30 years you could start with a tan color like like tan color you can end up with a dark brown leather bag sure Uh, it goes that dramatic so i've seen pieces like that but i've never seen anybody like buying a wine and holding on to it for years kind of yeah yeah yeah
0: Listen, someone needs to start doing that, start selling
1: aged leather. I'm
0: I'm telling you, it's a new, you don't think leather geeks and, and people that have money that are rich wouldn't get into that. It's a new way of, you know, I was in the wine industry, you know, I worked for wine bars, for managed wine bars for a long time. And I know how people would get for wine for no reason, really. Just they got the money and anything interesting. Oh, what's that, this, that? I'll pay for it, I'll get it, give me, you know just all kinds of nutty stuff like you know rich people got money to spend on these weird things uh, I could but that's also kind of cool I don't know I don't even know if it's possible you know would it deteriorate you'd obviously have to maintain it well like you do like meat when they age meat and stuff same same sort of way right like uh, anyway I don't know that's a separate thing but look th- that could be interesting you could start that it um, could be yeah Right. That could be interesting. Uh, Look, did you bring, I don't know if you brought like a bag or something or I don't know. I didn't want to like suggest. I have one here
1: that I I am. I'm going to um, cut up today. Actually, I'm going to make a video for tomorrow. It's one of the requests um, that we got. Like we we have a lot of requests, a long list of brands. Now we wanted to check. So we have Pauline. It's one of the, I think, new new newish brands from Europe. They claim to be, you know, affordable luxury, and we just got one of their their bags. I can bring it to show you.
0: Yeah, can we see it just for a... just? I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, curious.
1: So here is here is a bag. I think, um, Pauline, they call this uh, Numero Uno, number one. Um, it's made out of three different leathers. Uh, the main body is a, is a textured cowhide. It's listed that way. Uh, there's little um, accents, it's full-grain cowhide, just grain. This is more the one I, I like. And the, the cap here, the cover is the suede. Again, the calf skin suede, which is the, the flesh side of the leather. You know,
0: I was going to yeah. ask what is suede exactly. Yeah, perfect. Okay, so it's the inside so, of it. Like,
1: right, this, this shiny side is the grain side, which is the outer-facing side of the skin, right? And inside where that you separated from the flash that's the fluffy and velvety texture that's the suede side. So in cowhide, cowhide is really thick. Um, normally uh, I'll, I'll tell it in millimeters about five, six millimeters thick in, in its full thickness in the tannery, and we cut it in the middle. So imagine uh, uh, like a cake, you just cut it in the middle, you make it two. The top layer has the grain and then the bottom that falls down has both sides flesh now which is made into these suede pieces got it so wow, basically one leather wow. turns into two yeah and that's why the the, the the term full grain and top grain is made out of that upper side of the leather which has the original grain and it's more valuable and the droppings is the the uh, suede side which then some companies take it and make a plastic cover on top of it, make it look like a grain. They call it genuine leather, which is Uh, that the secondary grade man-made surfacing, which falls apart very quickly. It's, you know, basically the... Wait,
0: what? Genuine leather is like this scam, basically. Oh my God. I didn't know that.
1: It's... Yeah, it's an insanely uh, mis- misleading they, term of in the course, leather industry. A, used,
0: yeah, you hear genuine, genuine I mean, right? Look, they do that in food too, right? They, they, I've talked about this on the podcast all the time. Organic and and uh, you know, um, cage free, right? Here in the states, they use these terms um, that don't mean anything. They just to sell you, right? That just it sounds right. the same thing. Like genuine leather, you think, oh, the real deal. Here we go. I'm getting right. the real deal that's so oh my goodness
1: it's kind part of funny a of people, it's kind of funny yeah a lot of people think genuine it must be the good thing and sure the sad part is the there's a lot of companies practice this to deceive people make you think it's the real good deal of leather and some of the companies don't know this Misusage and they still use genuine leather terms to genuinely mean <laughs> it's genuine leather you see that's it's funny so, it's so crazy when you see genuine leather it could be actually a good stuff that company didn't know it was misused oh
0: my god or it could be
1: something that's taken advantage of taking a suede and then made it look like this by plastic finishing on top and they just call it genuine leather because the base material is leather and legally they can call it genuine leather
0: wow That's like, so yeah, like for the consumer, what do you do? What does a consumer do if they're trying to buy leather and make sure that, like, what should they be concerned about when they're buying a leather, you know, jacket or like what's, what should be their first concern? Um, The quality, the, what it says. I I don't know. Um, So you know, if
1: if you like leather and if you're in it for leather, um, the first thing I always recommend is leather is a feeling thing. You have to go in with your feelings. You forget about what you know or don't know about leather. You just don't say to yourself, like, I don't know. I don't understand. Everybody understands. You you just look at it. Okay. Once you look, you got to look for the imperfections and inconsistencies. Leather is a non-standard material unless it is standardized by people. Yeah. So if you see the patterns, grains and the scratches and imperfections, you're looking at the leather that's probably minimally finished. Probably it's a good leather. It's it's you know, at least artisan style leather. Then you touch it. That leather has a, a pleasant touch, almost like you you touch your hand and then a human yeah. and skin. Sure. And then you touch the plastic, it's a different feel, right? The plastic yeah. is dead. Like anything yeah. plastic doesn't give you the same live vibe. Leather has sure. the same thing, it's just it's a pleasant touch. Then the third is the smell. I go for the smell usually uh, an earthy smell, a leathery yeah. smell. There's not one leather smell. You can smell various uh, different ranges, but usually a pleasant smell. If it smells very oil, petroleum, chemical derivatives, things, you're, you might be looking at either super heavy finished leather or, or a plastic fake alternative. And the last thing I say, read like just you are shopping online, you read the description, you're shopping in a store, you you read what they say about the leather. So any company, any brand, any artisan that uses good leather, they can't talk enough about the leather. They will always mention, oh, it's it's from Italy, it's vegetable tan, it's the calf skin, it's aniline finished, it's full grain, it's top grain. They give you all these like terms that specifies the beauty of the leather they use and they're so passionate about it they want to communicate that across you gotta look for those keywords if you see those you're on the right path but if you see super minimal stuff you know genuine leather you know cowhide okay (laughs) you're not sure you know they don't want to talk much about it usually the reason is there's not much to talk about
0: sure That's what a great insight. That's such a great insight. Honestly, what a great insight! see, I'm so glad I asked. Wow. Thank
1: you. What a great insight.
0: Yeah. What a great, that's really, that, that's like, so makes so much sense. Um, It's exactly what I wanted to hear. Not like, okay, look for, you know, if it says this, then this means it's such a, you gotta get in on it. You gotta, you know, get to know it a little bit. And yeah, I I love that. That's so cool. So look, this bag here that I have is from, uh, it's from granada so i used to live in spain Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. uh, granada is in the southern part of spain across uh the mediterranean from morocco and in granada they sell a lot of moroccan leather goods and supposedly that's where this came from like this leather piece and it's it smells the leather in in spain and and my family's from mexico like the leather that i get like mexico city And it is so different from the leather they offer in the States. And the biggest thing you said was smell. That's the biggest difference for me is the smell from these places, as opposed to the smell here in the States from leather. But like this, this smells like leather, 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 you know, like it smells, you know, like leather, right? Like, and like the inside of this piece, look like it's kind of like, let me see if I can get it. Like it's unfinished. You know what I mean? Like that's the inside. You see what I'm saying? Like, There's no, I mean, yes, they put this material for the, um, because there's a bag, like a, you know what I mean, to to whatever, but the back end, yeah, pocket, but the back end looks just
1: unfinished, right? Exactly. So that unfinished side is the, like, concrete proof that you're looking at the leather, because
0: in the backside
1: of the grain is the flesh, it's the suede, and that's what you're looking at. And uh, the problem with bigger brands, uh, actually, it's not a problem. It's because I bought this off the street. No,
0: no big brand, right? Yeah. Just a guy on the street. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, so yeah.
1: So those those are the simpler crafts. You know, they don't go for linings and very complicated techniques to hide the flesh side of it, and that's easy to tell. It's leather, and I can tell from a mile. Like that's all leather. The way it rolls and you touch it. So wow. you that's see so the cool. inside on uh, online items. It's it's easier to tell Uh, you can check the the inside if there's no lining you can see that or you can look at the edges sometimes like some edges if they're not painted you can see that leather and suede side in the edges you try to twist it back on those Ah, like the corners you mean yeah to see the the back that's that's another way you can tell a fake leather from real leather because the fake leather will have a fabric backing that looks like uh like little fibers go this way and you will see like little fiber yarns in the back side of it which means they use the fabric base and put a plastic surface that looks like leather which is called pu leather polyurethane fake leather so looking at the back is a is a good way but in bigger brands they always go for complicated designs where there's a lining inside and all that you don't have access to the back side so it's hard to see the back
0: Sure. Yeah, they hide it in a sense, right? Like, um, yeah, absolutely. you know, make it like, oh, it's a design choice. But really, there's probably a let's hide some material choice. Um, I think it could be both like,
1: you know, the the lining is is, right. It's it's a difficult technique. Uh, To be honest, like this bag has all the complexity bells and whistles. And it's not easy. You know, my garage craftsman level guys cannot put this together because it requires a lot of skills and techniques. Also, it helps in a different sense. Like if you're using a fashion piece, you want a lining. So the, the the suede side may give some dust and leather pieces on your stuff. You put it into the bag. You may not want it. So you want a cleaner experience. That's why they line the inside at those for those reasons as well.
0: No, that's a great point. And, and actually make a great point about like craftsmen and the tanners, right? Like you've got people who right. then take the leather And and all I would describe it to people listening or watching is just like you got a butcher and then the chef. Right. Right. Same same sort of scenario there. Basically, the butcher is the tanner and the chef is the craftsman who takes that leather and makes it into the thing you're going to buy it. Uh, Right. And he and he'll then decide the metal pieces to add and what quality and I guess any other secondary ingredients. Right. Quote, unquote, uh, or materials. Right. He's going to use. Oh, that's so fascinating. Absolutely. So you, do you do any little craft? And you said you do some crafting as well, right? You do a little bit of both.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do the design work um, five, six years ago when I started this. I was in Chicago at the time and it was in my spare bedroom. I was sewing and, and making everything in, in-house, in-hand, by myself and with my wife. That's awesome. Uh, selling on Etsy. And now, six years down the line, I, I have a workshop in Turkey where I'm originally from. And everything I designed and improved goes there. And everything is made by my team of artisans there. And then they ship it to me here in Dallas. It's uh, it's in my warehouse, the smaller crafts. Um, We do personalization for some of our items. You know, put your names, initials, and then ship it from here. And if it's a bigger item like a bag, it ships directly from uh, my Turkish uh, crafting shop. um, To save time and money on shipping, to reflect more of the savings to the customer so sure rather than
0: shipping it to you and then you ship it to them yeah yeah absolutely yeah. no i i love that um i actually worked i uh, love that you're from turkey man I, I worked with a lot of guys from turkey in restaurants um here in dallas um so much love uh, they used to just uh, they used to call me Kanka Kanka
1: what's up <laughs> Konka, yeah, <it's> <laughs> buddy.
0: <laughs> yeah buddy yeah man so shout out to uh, ismail barak hassan uh ibrahim he goes by ryan now he decided to change his name he's like i want a more white name that's what he said i <laughs> want a more white name he goes people get my name wrong all the time ibrahim ibrahim right. I, right, they you know couldn't get it right he's just like just he's call gorgeous, me ryan yeah. yeah he goes just call me ryan yeah. it's like so right yeah shout enough. out to yeah. those guys yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out to those guys. Great guys, man. Some of the best guys I ever worked with, man. From Turkey, dude. Just some of the uh, hardest working people, dude. I, my God, they were just the most amazing people. They got restaurants now here in the state, here in Dallas. So uh, actually, you're here in Dallas. Check out a place called Farah. Uh, it's what he calls. It's my friend Barak's restaurant. He's. Uh, it's a. Uh, oh, it's Texas. He calls it. He calls it Tex Med. So like Texas Mediterranean, right? Bring in some of the Turkish. Uh, flavors to sort of Texas cuisine. It's great. There, it's in. Um,
1: What's it called? Fara,
0: F-E-R-A-H. Farah. F E R A H. It's there in. Uh, I want to okay. say um, like Frisco area, and then he's got another location, but I can't remember. Uh, but it's here in Dallas. No definitely way. definitely I check it out. Frisco. Yeah, man, go check it out. Tell him I sent you. Maybe Fara. I check it out tonight. Yeah, dude, please, absolutely, go see Barack You guys will hit it off, obviously. Uh, Hassan will be there in the back. I uh, worked with those guys for years at a place called Samar here in Dallas. Uh, shout out to uh, Stephen Piles. Um, yeah, anyway. So, look, this bag also um, is the same sort of scenario, but see, this has a lot of lining. It's a so lining. I can't, yeah. I can't see what's going on with the bag, if that makes sense. Like, even on, on any part of it, I can't get to the whatever. But, same thing. I bought this in Granada. Right from Morocco. It's the mm-hmm. same like vendor, basically the same street where you buy all this right. stuff. Um, and I, I, you know, it has that same, it has the same smell. It smells exactly the same. So, even it even looks the same. So I don't know. Right. I mean, I, I would assume, yeah. It could but... be
1: made out of similar, same leathers. Uh, yeah, I, I can see. It. I it. And it's yeah. probably, you're right, the Morocco. So what you can do here, do you see the edge covering like on the right here? Uh, yeah, edge. Yeah. You can. Try to open oh, the back of it. Yeah. Yes, you can see the right. back right here, there. Here. See? Let's, me. Yep. Let's always, Let always, I'll uh, go for, yeah. Yep. See? Those are yep. the places I go to twist it back to see Dude. the back.
0: Good call, bro. You're right. Why didn't I? You just told me that too. Why didn't I do that? And you know what's funny? Look right here. This is also another great sign for people. It, is this imperfection in the cutting. Right? Yes, like right there. Because yes. I, then I can see down two right right there the suede or whatever but also just that imperfection the cutting kind of lets me know maybe a little bit by hand
1: this is being made yeah this is yeah most likely most likely yeah those are all handmade and uh dude it's so good i've had it 10
0: years bro i've had it 10 years look how well it's like i use it all the time it It kind of feels like it's gonna fall apart i'm not gonna lie like the strap feels like it's gonna fall apart at any moment and it's felt like that since i bought it but it never does it, it just hangs yeah. on you know what i mean It just like it's crazy like this piece it kind of like you oh, know i
1: see the they they made a um patch over there to connect two pieces yeah that part ah, is yeah. okay that's yeah. what that is okay because you know the, the strap was not long enough they put two straps together to make it sure. longer but the yeah. backside side oh was yeah folded together for a while yeah
0: they, so it's yeah. this little piece they, like, threw in. And then, yeah, you're right. It's got this uh, seam there. Okay, yeah, I see. Yeah. yeah, okay. Wow, man. I uh, Gosh, man, you just helped me learn so much about these bags. Because I'll be honest, I, I, I was, like, originally, are they real leather? I think I know, le- you know. I've been buying leather in Mexico for such a long time. My family used to, like, buy leather and then get boots made. Not themselves, but they would have a place make it, and then they'd sell those boots. I remember going down to, like, Guatemala and Honduras with my cousin, Chucho, shout out to Chucho, to go buy the leather to bring it back to Mexico so he can make the boots, right, and then sell it to all the Americans up here who were like, oh, imported leather, you know, I'll pay all this big money for it, you know, sort of taking advantage of that, uh, you know, same sort of uh, Uh, thing you know uh, which, which is interesting uh, but yeah man th- this is so um, so fascinating to, to learn about all of this um, is there anything I didn't mention that I don't want to keep you too much longer here so so make sure there's anything we didn't talk about that you wanted to quickly uh, say we'll, we'll definitely let people know how to watch all your videos and how to keep in contact with you but I don't know anything you wanted to say to say um, to the people before we go here
1: I would say if 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 you're in it or leather when you're looking at leather products or your leather shopping you have a better chance of experiencing artisan leather you know th- those leathers that you can look and see you can smell you can touch and feel if you go with smaller craftsmen you you, you do a quick google search if there's any local shops making leather in your area uh, check out those etsy has a lot of good stuff um you know you can check those little mom and pop shops or like passionate artisans they work with these kind of rare leathers uh, to give you something unique experience and you're going to pay a lot cheaper a fair price if if you are going for big brand names you know you might still get good leather definitely you're going to get good craftsmanship but you're going to most likely get a standardized leather that yeah. has a lot of plastic on top and not much feeling um going into you anymore um some brands charge fair prices you know i i out of my reviews, Fossil is doing a great job. A coach is pretty good brand, good leather selections and all that stuff, not exaggerated prices. But if you're going to go to high end luxury, there's not much about leather over there. It's, it's it's all about the status and the lifestyle you're buying into, as long as you know and that's what you want to buy. Perfect. You know, um, just leather is never that expensive. It's just a yeah. material we, we love experiencing. I
0: think it's just a good way you're you're just letting people know what they're paying for right essentially which is good to know and if someone's like yeah you exactly and if you're like no problem that's what I bought it for right it's the same material as this bag over here but it has this name on it you know exactly and it has this style which they don't have you know so that's what I'm paying for yeah no that's that's a great help actually for for people uh, to get over that, you know, knowledge is power, man, and and anytime you can have knowledge exactly. about this stuff and and you know going in to buy, which you leather make better is always decisions. Uh, yeah, you make better decisions, and leather's just again, it's just one of these funky things that people just think they know because they've heard it their whole life, but they really have no clue, uh, and even how to spot what's worth buying, and to you know to some extent, does it even matter? Right? For the longest time, I didn't really know if these bags were truly whatever. Did it affect how I used them and I, how I enjoyed them? Mm-hmm. Not really right? But now exactly. that I know, it does make it cooler. So at the end of the day, I don't know, right? Like, I think you said it best, right? When you were saying just smell it, feel it. Do you like it? Is it for you? You know, is that what you're That's getting off matters. of it, right? Is that the vibe? You, you, you dig it, um, you know, and I definitely especially love the fact of just so people can get, I also wanted to show these so people can get over the stigma of buying something in a street market, right? Honestly, you're probably more likely to get real leather there, then they exactly, don't have, like, because in, they don't have the capabilities to give you fake stuff because they don't have machines and this and that so like dude you're getting exactly. the real stuff from them
1: you and know going to bother touching those plastic materials you know yeah. and these are certain places in the world if you're traveling just take advantage of that travel You get some really unique authentic stuff if you're in mexico i'm sure there's markets like that there's a bunch of real leather local stuff uh in spain in in italy uh you go to florence there is like thousands of these little shops over there doing great work with italian leathers and it's a fraction of the coast because yeah you know, wow they, they're small wow. shops just just yeah. go by there
0: yeah no i love that man and also just the last point like i want to reiterate for people when they're you know going on to etsy or any of these places to buy online feel comfortable and to also look for what you said if someone is selling you the real thing they won't stop talking about it i think that's a great right. point because it's like yeah don't look for what they're saying look for what they're not saying right essentially right. and if they're not yeah, talking exactly. about the leather why is that right so that's yeah, a great point uh, yeah that's a great great point so look for that look for the person who's passionate about it. it's probably the real thing because again yeah why wouldn't they stop talking about it? just the same thing with a dish a chef using a particular dish that has a rare ingredient that There, that's the that's the hero of the they're going to mention talking about it. Yeah, they're going to mention it. I promise you. Absolutely. They won't stop talking about it. Exactly. If it's a bad cut of meat, they're going to talk about the sauce. They're going to talk about the side. They're going to talk about right everything but the meat. Uh, So it's a great distinction, man. Um, So, yeah, I think that's a really key bit of information for people uh, to have that purchasing power. So, yeah, thank you for that. Um, Listen, man, this was awesome. I super enjoyed this. This was so uh, I love learning about these things and I love my job. I love hosting a podcast where I just get to talk to interesting people about all kinds of interesting things. And this is just another example of that. Uh, This is so cool. Uh, Real quick. Tell people, Tanner, how they can, you know, look you up, stay in contact with all that stuff, all the different socials and and websites.
1: So my main social channel is TikTok right now. I'm at Tanner.Lederstein. Um, you can find it on TikTok. Or we do daily videos, uh, one minute, you know, take things apart or one minute bits of leather information, interesting things. And on YouTube, I'm going to start making a little longer versions of this, you know, a minute sometimes not enough to tell everything. Uh, so, same thing, YouTube, uh, uh, tenor.leatherstein is my channel name again. And pegai.com is, is my crafts. Uh, website where I do my take of leather, leather crafts and out of the leathers I love around the world. Uh, if they want to shop for it, it's there.
0: That's awesome, man. Yes, uh, much respect um, to you and what you're doing and spreading this knowledge. You have such a good energy about you. You're just coming from this genuine thank place you, you. call back to genuine i mean that in the right way
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'm glad they didn't ruin yeah. it in this yeah. context yet
0: <laughs> i don't mean like genuine leather i mean you're yeah. the genuine you're the genuine person all right guys hope you enjoyed the episode with tanner amazing right leather i'll never look at leather the same so as always thank you so much for watching Stay Lone Star. You've been listening to the Lone Star Plate podcast with your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. For more info, go to lonestarplate.show.